RadioInfluence.com. Football fans, it's time to go on the record with this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close, if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Well, here we go. Oh, it is my favorite month. Hello there. Welcome in. It is the latest edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs in college basketball, and it's the month of March. I am your somewhat capable and lucid host. He is senior handicapper and writer from Vegas Insider, Kevin Rogers. Uh, here, I, I, you can tell this is like Christmas morning, except this is like 31 days of Christmas mornings, as far as I'm concerned, with the month of March. You can tell that I'm pumped for all the college hoops leading to the conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament, eventually the Final Four in San Antonio. How are you? And are you starting to get excited the same way I am for the college basketball madness and mayhem that is this month? Well, it's already began with the Big Ten tournament, so we're already. I mean, it started February, uh, <laughs> you know, even though the two games weren't great. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always exciting to get the, you know, to, to, to get the conference tournaments. You know, it's always a lot of madness there. And then getting towards Selection Sunday and the NCAA tournaments. But it's just been a very... It's just been a very odd year in college basketball for a number of reasons. You know, all the stuff off the court, starting from the beginning of the season, you know, was number one and, you know, the latest with Sean Miller and all this other stuff and really no true number one team. And we've seen a lot of teams get upset throughout the season. So it's just been, you know, a very odd season to say the least, but hopefully that, that shapes up and it's a pretty good NCAA tournament, maybe we get some upsets, maybe we get a Butler or a VCU like we had years ago that can make a run to the Final Four. So uh, every year it's interesting, but you just hope to get maybe a team on a run and maybe get some buzzer beaters in the tournament and it'll all be good. It is the month of March, and so craziness will happen. So on the Sean Miller thing, and, and we should say this, that you may be hearing us after Thursday. It is Three Dog Thursday here. The Arizona Board of Regents that, that oversee the universities and oversee his contract, they are meeting, they are discussing what to do. Sean Miller has not coached his team since the ESPN report came out after our show uh, last week, that he's on an FBI wiretap. I can't say it with a straight voice, Kevin. Having uh, apparently arranged and insured a payment of of what's believed to be $100,000 to his star player, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and so uh, Miller is away from the team. We're waiting to see, does he get reinstated? He, he has basically said he will be vindicated in this. I don't know how that happens. Just give me a th- what do you make of this mess with Arizona and what the selection committee has to look at here with Arizona without maybe Sean Miller and what happens if they eventually sit Aiton down for eligibility concerns because of all of this somewhere in and around the Pac-12 tournament or the NCAA tournament. Kevin, what's your thought on the mess in Arizona? Well, number one, I think that the committee should slot them for what the resume they've had. That you know, if, if Aiton, if he were to get hurt. You know that I mean it was like with Kenyon Martin years ago. Remember yeah, that? Since yep. he broke his leg in yep. the in the Conference USA tournament, and they should be slotted for what they are, not what they should do. You know what I'm saying? So if Arizona 
if Arizona was 30 and one and they lost their coach, their best player, they shouldn't be an eight seed. You know, I mean, they should still be, you know, where they belong. Now, as far as the other stuff, I mean, how far have you gotten or how much have you done wrong if the FBI is, is tapping your phones? You know, I mean, I think of like, you know, Goodfellas or Casino with this, with Sean Miller, you know, that, that you have guys sitting in a van somewhere with headphones on writing down notes. I mean, probably not today in today's world, but you know what I'm saying. But it's just seriously, it just looks bad, you know, for everyone involved, not just with Arizona. You know, it would be just an Arizona problem if this was it and we didn't have any of the other stuff, you know, beforehand. But with, with the stuff that happened before the season – with, you know, Adidas and, and the other things, you know, coach number one, player number one, Rick Pitino right. with his, you know, thing that he didn't know anything. That's where it's really bad. It's just kind of like this is, you know, the, the icing on the cake with Sean Miller, but this isn't an Arizona problem. It, it's all throughout the NCAA that there's just so many issues, and you say that we're not even really paying attention to the, to the action on the court. Everything is all a drama off the court. Yeah, this is uh, this is the backdrop, and again, they may reinstate him. They have two final regular season games at home Thursday and Saturday with Stanford and with Cal, and then a Pac-12 tournament. And I, again, I, I maintain I don't know how he can be vindicated or cleared prior to uh, us knowing more about the FBI's investigation, what's on the wiretap, etc. We'll see what Arizona uh, elects to do, but that's that's one of the backdrops as we head into this weekend. Uh, we should make mention on this program, I'll ask kind of the same questions of college basketball insider John Rothstein. He will be with us a little bit later on from CBS Sports and uh, also FanRagSports.com as a college basketball insider. You see uh, John on the TV coverage on CBS Sports Network. Um, etc. So I'll get his insight uh, on this as well. But you're right. I mean, it, it, there is a black mark, a smudge on this season because of the scandals, plural. Rick Patino fired before the year ever began. Sean Miller caught up in it. And there may be other coaches uh, caught up in this uh, as it uh, as it all unfolds. Uh, one more uh, before we get into the actual picks and selections. The Big Ten tournament is going on as we speak. Games at Madison Square Garden throughout this weekend. Kevin, I'll, I'll, I'll tee you up one more time here. Is the greed of wanting to be in New York and wanting to be in the Garden maybe going to backfire to an extent on the Big Ten in that they are going to be out of sight, out of mind next week and next weekend. What is your opinion on, for a bubble team, somebody like Penn State, somebody like Nebraska maybe, that because they're not playing next week and next weekend, they might be out of sight, out of mind to an extent here. You buy it? No, I don't buy it because we all know that they started early with their conference play and they made a decision as a conference to play at Madison Square Garden, which... No, honestly, it's, I think it's worth the gamble. It really is that, you know, you try it for a year. I don't know what the, what, what the structure is as far as how many times you're going to play this or this just a one year deal and then they go back to the Midwest after this. But if you're Penn State or Nebraska, I've said this about bubble teams all the time. You know, if you need to win your conference tournament to get in to the NCAA tournament, you're probably not in anyway. So just win your conference tournament then and don't worry about it. If you're Penn State, or Nebraska, I mean, I think we pretty much know there are four locks in the Big Ten with Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, and Michigan, that they're all locks to get in. That if you're a bubble team, just win the whole thing. Win three games, three or four games, whatever it is, depending on your seed, and you don't have to worry about it. But if you have to, if you're Penn State, let's just say, and you beat Northwestern, who's been a big disappointment this year, and then lose your next game, 
you can't say, well, look at our resume. No, you, you, you don't belong in. It's as simple as that. And I don't really think the, the committee will forget about the Big Ten. I mean, this isn't, you know, like saying that, you know, a mid-tier conference had, to, had it early and we should forget about them. They have all the information in front of them. They know who should be in and who shouldn't be in. And I think it's a gamble that's worth it. And, you know, from what I was reading, I don't know how true it is, at least the first two games, which at Iowa and Illinois and Rutgers and Minnesota, they drew pretty well. I mean, Rutgers being not too far away, but they drew pretty well. And those are like bottom-of-the-barrel teams in the Big Ten. So now when you get the better teams playing, that, you know, people want to go to New York, they want to go to the Garden to watch these games. So, you know, it may not be a bad thing for them, but it, it was and, you know, we talked about, this season and how crazy it was. And you throw in the big 10, they're playing two conference games in early December and they're finishing the season before everyone else. So it just was kind of par for the course for that to happen with this entire crazy season. Yeah, very true. And, and we should make mention of it. We'll talk more on next week's show when we head to selection Sunday. I can't, I can't believe selection Sunday is a week from this Sunday at the end of championship week. When that committee is reviewing teams, you mentioned, you mentioned Penn state, they'll put Penn state in a group and let's say in that group is Florida State. I'm just putting some teams together. And Butler and like UCLA. And they will compare the resumes like you're talking about. So it's not as if they won't be considered. I just, I wonder, we have a short attention span as a society. We can't keep track of anything for more than about 10 minutes, it seems like. And so you just wonder if somebody like UCLA, Florida State, Butler, the teams that I'm mentioning, if they're making a run next week, if that's not fresher in the minds of the committee to help them in a subjective process, we'll see. We don't know uh, because a, a power conference like this hasn't played early and, it, and it's worth mentioning, too, that the Big Ten for a lot of years held out and didn't have a tournament. It's only been in the last 15, 20 years here that they finally relented and said, OK, we'll have a postseason tournament with an automatic bid. They used to play all the way till the final weekend selection Sunday, the regular season, and then just declare the regular season champ as the automatic bid holder. So they're playing the tournament. It's at the Garden. We'll see how that part uh, plays out. What we do know, you said par for the course a moment ago, Mr. Golf Analogy. We've been better than par for the course. We've been making birdies we've been making eagles my friend we are 19 and 4 combined you and me documented on these shows with college basketball underdogs since january the first congratulations i'm applauding kevin rogers three for three last week with the wisconsin badgers uh, also with the washington state cougars winning outright games last thursday and then south carolina did hang in and uh, covered against mississippi state in a narrow loss you were three for three a week ago we're rolling along right now. I don't know what's going to happen here in March. Maybe we flip the calendar and we're going to be average or bad, but at least to right now, we're doing well. It's a pretty good feeling, Kevin, real quick before we make the picks. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, it worked out pretty well. I went back to the well of Wisconsin after they beat Purdue and they beat Northwestern, which was nice. I mean, the, the Washington state line kind of scared me because uh, it seemed like there was money coming out of Cal last week, which I don't understand because Cal's terrible. But Washington State had two good showings in the Bay Area. They covered both their games last week. And for South Carolina, we just saw them beat LSU in overtime. That uh, Frank Martin's team is not going to the Final Four this year, but uh, they definitely played well down the stretch after you know a bit of a disappointing season. And we'll see what they do in St. Louis in the SEC tournament, which I think is wide, wide open. That we're, we're going to maybe see a surprise team steal a bid from you know that conference tournament. 
But uh, yeah, you know, it worked out well, and uh, we'll see. You're only as good as your last pick, right? So we'll see what happens this week. <laughs> we will see what happens this week, and I was able to get my Memphis Tigers. Dot, 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 go Tigers, go the alums. Uh, the the Tigers, the alum here, uh, went with the home team. They beat Houston last week, a signature win at the end of the year for Tubby Smith. He's under a lot of fire, Kevin. A disappointing second season. They look like an NIT team, but they've won some games late in the year. Might Memphis do some damage in the upcoming American Conference Tournament that is next week in Orlando? Uh, we'll find out they were able uh, to cover. And so uh, we've done pretty well with the underdogs. And so here's what we're going to do uh, again here in this opening segment. We're looking at Thursday underdogs, you and me, in college basketball. And we're also going to potentially include conference tournaments for this weekend, something we'll do more of next week where we're not picking a specific team just in a specific game in a conference tournament, but maybe a team that is not one of the favorites, a one or a two seed, that can make the championship game if not win the tournament. And we'll see if Kevin or I take advantage of that uh, here as part of this opening segment in this weekend with conference tournament play. That being said, where do you want to start us on Thursday night? What college basketball underdog do you want to begin with, Kevin? I'll start a Conference USA showdown between Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee that the uh, the two schools going at it for the top spot for their conference tournament. And Western Kentucky, 15-1 and in Conference USA. Uh, I'm sorry, Middle Tennessee, 15-1. Western Kentucky at 14-2. and And Middle Tennessee beat Western Kentucky earlier this season on the road. Now they flip and they go to Middle Tennessee tonight. And, uh, you know, both teams have played well, obviously, you know, with their records. But I think that Western Kentucky here, getting a few points now on the road, getting four that uh, remembering that loss from earlier in in conference play, that uh, I think that they will. I mean, these two teams will probably face each other again in, yep. in the Conference USA Championship. So I don't think this will be the last time they'll see each other. But I think here, I think we'll see a, a bit of a rerun from the first game. Not that Middle Tennessee will win, but that the underdog will cover, and I'll take the points with the Hilltoppers. How about that? And the uh, Conference USA Championship weekend will be in Frisco, Texas at Jerry Jones's uh, big practice facility. How about that? That's where Conference USA is going to go play uh, basketball games in that facility at the Star, as they call it. So uh, fascinating that that's where they're going to play in your right. The Toppers and the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee uh, could be playing playing a third time in that championship game. Western Kentucky, very interesting case. Real quick, Kevin, we'll say this several times this show next week. Uh, what kind of compelling at-large case do you have? Western Kentucky, 53 in the RPI. They have two Quadrant 1 wins, including what looks like a really good win against Purdue on a neutral floor in Atlantis in, in the Bahamas back in November. Also lost to Villanova. Strength of schedule out of the conference for Western Kentucky is 23 this could be a huge road win for them if they get it on Thursday night to help them at large. Uh, again, for Middle Tennessee, they've been in the tournament the last couple of years. Last year and the year before shouldn't matter for 2018, but Middle Tennessee's been in the tournament. They're 26 in the RPI. As Kevin mentioned, they're 15-1 and in the conference. Conference USA might get two teams in, especially if Western Kentucky pulls the upset that Kevin is talking about tonight. So we'll keep an eye on that game for Three Dog Thursday on Thursday evening. I will stick with a bubble team in the ACC, and it pains me. I just mentioned again, I'm a Memphis guy. Louisville is the arch rival, and you mentioned earlier in the show they've had a, a disastrous, tumultuous season off the court with Rick Pitino being fired, Scott Pageant taking over as the interim head coach. 
And, and so uh, this is their senior night against uh, one of the top teams in the country, number one ranked Virginia, the regular season champs in the ACC. They've already locked up the ACC number one seed at their upcoming tournament at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. I think Louisville on senior night getting four points may very well win this game. Kevin, I know Virginia's defense is outstanding, but Louisville's going to play with some emotion. This, this again, is a resume builder for them. I will take the Louisville Cardinals here uh, in this in this matchup. ACC going to be a very intriguing tournament, too, because teams like Louisville and Syracuse and Florida State aren't necessarily in, but could really help themselves this weekend and in Brooklyn next week. That's the whole point, right, of March. It is, and Virginia's pretty much had their way with Louisville over the years, even when Rick Pitino was with the Cardinals. So Virginia beat them earlier this year, and yes, <laughs> tough spot for uh, tough spot for Louisville. But you know what? Uh, they've come close in some games that they have. I mean, there, there's been a lot of close games. They you know they lost at Miami in overtime. They won at Florida State in overtime. That uh, they're they're good enough to hang. But uh, Virginia, I mean, if you could score fifty points in Virginia, probably beat them. Yeah, I know they they held Pitt to what seven a touchdown and an extra point at Pitt in a first half of a game last week. So it may be tough to score. We'll see. Uh, Louisville needs this one. Um, and again, I'm touting them, and I'm, I'm not even really supposed to like them uh, as a rival. But Louisville right now, 38 in the RPI. Uh, strength of schedule, overall strength of schedule is 30 because of the ACC help. They could use another win. They have three quadrant one wins. This would be an enormous one, even though it's at home, if they can get it. All right, let's continue on Three Dog Thursday. You have one more for Thursday night. What do you have, Kevin? Late night in the Pac-12. Oregon State is going to Washington. Washington is 5-2 and two in the Pac-12 at home. They've beaten Arizona and Arizona State so far in Seattle this year. But uh, Oregon State hasn't won a road game, and Washington's laying three and a half, four. It makes no sense to me. It really does not. And Oregon State, who has obviously been you know one of the bottom-tier teams in the conference, they have beaten Washington already once this year. They beat them in overtime at home in a, in a pretty dramatic finish. I think Oregon State here pulls off the sweep, and for the Washington Huskies who get Oregon coming in this weekend, kind of the bigger game between those two schools, I think that they may overlook Oregon State tonight, and I'll take the points with the Beavers. All right, how about that? I took Washington a week ago with Stanford as a road team. They had been good to me earlier on Three Dog Thursday, and Stanford wiped them out, so I took a defeat. I took one of our our four L's so far with underdogs on the season with Washington. You'll take Oregon State against them. Pac-12, quick thought from you. We mentioned Arizona and their problems. Uh, You've got USC, you've got UCLA, you've got Stanford, you've got Utah, you've got Washington, you've got Arizona State that are all 55 or better in the RPI. A couple of them are 40 or better. Is the Pac-12 going to get more than four teams? Speculate here. I know we're 10 days away. Does it, is it going to be about three teams, four teams in the Pac-12, and that's it? What's your speculation? And, you know, it's like all these other tournaments that if you can make a bit of a run, maybe it helps out your cause. But again, it's like the bailout answer. But when you have other teams potentially stealing bids with the, you know, if you're USC or UCLA or Oregon or some of these teams or Utah that really needs help, that you better hope that uh, Georgia Tech doesn't win the ACC tournament. Right. You know, you better hope that St. John's doesn't win the Big East tournament, that you, you get Villanova and Duke and those teams all winning it so you could free up some bids. 
because that's kind of the key. So that's what you're kind of rooting for too, not only your own cause, but also for, you know, you don't want some team that doesn't belong in the tournament stealing one of your bids potentially. So that's kind of what they need. But again, I, I'm not Joe Lenardi. I don't, I don't know as far as like who's going to get bids because it kind of feels like teams that should get in don't and teams that you say, whoa, what did, how did they get in? So, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a big week for these teams in the Pac-12 that, we have it's been a very competitive league, but it hasn't been a great league this year. And they right now are the fifth ranked team, uh, fifth ranked conference in the RPI. Big Ten sixth ranked in the RPI um, uh, for the moment. We, we'll see. I mean, Arizona State again was unbeaten with an upset of Kansas, ranked in the top five. They are seven and nine in the Pac-12 going into this weekend. I don't know if that's an indication of how good the Pac-12 is. Or, or if maybe Arizona was overrated and a bit of a fraud once they got into this conference and conference play. We'll see how that plays out. And again, they play their conference tournament in Las Vegas next weekend. Kevin will go Oregon State Beavers for his second underdog. So that leaves us with some underdogs for the final segment. Kevin, stand by. We'll come back with more underdogs with him a little bit later on in the show. As Three Dog Thursday continues, CBS Sports Network, College Basketball Insider, also FanRagSports.com online. College Basketball Insider John Rothstein will be with me. We'll get his thoughts on that question about the Big Ten tournament being played early and uh, and maybe an underdog prediction for him from a conference tournament team uh, etc all of that is straight ahead as we continue happy to be here in march on three dog thursday stay with us three dog thursday brought to you in part by smackapparel.com take 30 percent off your order for the college basketball postseason with the promo code hoops get in your face college themed shirts 30 percent off promo code hoops smackapparel.com Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Rolling on, and I love talking to this guy, one of the insiders, information guys all over college basketball from CBS Sports and CBS Sports Network as well as FanRagSports.com. John Rothstein is with us here to uh, to break down some college hoops. Good to be with you. It is, it is our time of the year. The calendar is flipped to March. Here we go. How excited are you? How many TV screens do you have going now for the next, like, four weekends? Well, three are in position at home right now, to be <laughs> honest with you. That's all, that's all locked and loaded. But uh, when I'm in the studio for CBS, there will be 12. So <gasps> this isn't my first rodeo, as they say. So I'm equipped and ready to go for the best four weeks of the year. It's time to get March rolling. And yeah. great to start it off with you. Well, thank you. All right, so it's getting it rolling. The Big Ten gets it rolling a week earlier. Love to have your opinion. Is this a good thing for them because it's kind of standing alone at the Garden as a big-time conference playing a week early? Or is it potentially a negative for some reasons for them? Where do you come down on that, John? Well, I think we'll find out after the NCAA tournament. You know, some coaches think that there could be rust for Big Ten teams in the field of 68 because they're going to have so much time off. Others feel like they will be just like a mid-major team who crowns their champion at the start of championship week. So it'll be a different deal for sure. 
We were talking in the segment before you came on that for a program like Penn State or like Nebraska, I mean, look, we know what the committee says, and we know when the media members go and do the mock selection uh, with the process, what the, what you're supposed to adhere to. But human nature takes over. Subjectivity takes over. So if you're Penn State or Nebraska, and you get an early win in the Big Ten tournament, but you don't advance to the semifinals, you don't win the championship, my concern would be you get lost in the shuffle by next Saturday or Sunday, that that doesn't resonate as much what is your thought that one of these big 10 bubble teams might be hurt by that part well i think if you are penn state or nebraska you have to leave no doubt that you're an ncaa tournament team so what does that mean for all intents and purposes it means winning enough games i think to either get to the finals or play have a really good showing in the semifinals of the big 10 tournament if that doesn't happen I agree with you. I think things could get lost a bit in the minds of the selection committee. Yep, very well might um, on that. Uh, how many bids do you believe the Big Ten will end up with? I mean, we believe four locked at the top. Could they get a fifth team, a sixth team? Speculate 10 days out here from Selection Sunday at the time we're talking. How many, do, how many from the Big Ten? What do you think? Well, you know, I've learned over the years that it's never a good thing to speculate on speculation because we don't know what's going to happen <laughs> with the rest of the country. Right, Until right. Nebraska or Penn State show more than they've shown, I'm sticking with four. Wow. And out of 14 teams, might only be four. I mean, we've seen that before with the SEC and a couple of other conferences. Pac-12 only got two or three t- teams in one year uh, as well. And, you know, this is another important point here. Uh, we don't know everything, but we know what they keep telling us. They, they aren't looking at a conference, John, and saying that conference deserves four teams or five teams. They are looking at the individual teams and saying, is that team worthy versus other borderline cases, debatable cases in other leagues, right? That's an important point. Well, one thing, too, I think that's important for everybody who's going to obviously immerse themselves in college basketball over the next couple of weeks. Your conference record has no bearing on whether or not you're going to qualify for the field of 68. Committee members will look at the overall body of work. It's who you beat and where you beat them. So if a team is 7-11 and 11 or 8-10 and 10 or 9-9 nine and nine in their respective conference, that has no bearing as to whether or not it will play any NCAA tournament. Okay, we've also been talking, as John Rothstein is with us for just a few more moments, CBS Sports, CBS Sports Network, you see him on the coverage uh, there. Also, great college basketball insider on FanRagSports.com. Read his stuff with the Rothstein files um, as well. We've been talking about the Arizona controversy. It is everywhere. At the time we're talking, we don't know for sure what they're going to do with Sean Miller or not. John, what do you make of that mess, how it's affecting Arizona's end of the season, And it's a subjective process again. How much is the committee going to be influenced if Miller's not coaching uh, with Alonzo Trier out of there on on an NCAA suspension for drug use again? How do you evaluate Arizona right now at the end of the year? It's bizarre. Well, Arizona, I think, has a real chance to drop from its seed line because of all the uncertainties that you just mentioned. And, you know, I go back to the situation with Cincinnati in 2000. Cincinnati under Bob Huggins, had the best team in the country that year with Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin breaks his leg in the Conference USA tournament. And Cincinnati, who was the one overall seed, drops to a two seed because they don't have Kenyon Martin. Arizona right now is projected as a four or five. I think it could drop to a seven, maybe an eight, if it doesn't have Alonzo Trier and Sean Miller. Mm. 
All right, and we'll see what, again, you may be hearing us later in the weekend. They may have reinstated him. I don't see how. We don't know what they're going to do. We'll find out for the end of Arizona's regular season and for the Pac-12. Okay, we have all these conference tournaments coming up. I'll hit you with a quick one. Which which conference tournament, let's say, out of the big ones, out of the Power Six, including the Big East, I know you're in New York, where the Big East and the ACC tournaments will be there next weekend after the Big Ten tournament. Do you have one that intrigues you more than the others? Are they all of the same amount of intrigue? What do you think? The SEC, because the SEC has been a conference that's been synonymous with, obviously, college football, and now you have, I think, a landmark-type situation where eight SEC teams are going to be in position to make the NCAA tournament. That's a tribute to everybody in that league office for making the necessary adjustments to make the SEC a basketball conference. And they're playing it again in St. Louis. Uh, A bit unusual there with that one. All right, a fun one before we let you go. We talk about underdogs uh, here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Give me a team. I'll I'll put the whole, as I like to say, buffet in front of you. Give me a team that is not a top one or top two seed in a conference or a conference tournament that you're really watching for the next week to ten days to maybe make a run in a conference tournament, help their seed, play their way in. Do you have a team? Maybe it's a couple teams. Do you have a couple teams that you have your eye on that are kind of underdogs? Oregon is the biggest one right now. The Ducks currently aren't projected in the field, but with the balanced landscape of the Pac-12, I think that's the team that has the best chance in a power conference to enter its respective league tournament outside the NCAA tournament bracket and wind up playing its way in as a bid stealer. Yep, could very well be. And again, this is a fascinating time of the year. I mean, there, there will be no less than 10 games over the course of the next three weekends, this weekend, next weekend, and the following weekend, where we're stunned. Where we're, and there may be 15 games where we're going, how did that team pull off that upset or maybe a couple of upsets? That's what makes it great, right, John? That's why we're ready to go. College basketball is where the unexpected becomes the ordinary. America, better buckle up. (laughs) Better buckle up is right. John, thank you. I appreciate your time. We'll be watching you on the tube, reading you on FanRagSports.com. Great work. Thanks, Ben. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by SmackApparel.com. Take 30% off your order for the college basketball postseason with the promo code HOOPS. Get in your face. College-themed shirts. 30% off. Promo code HOOPS. SmackApparel.com. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Oh, we are back in one final time here. We'll call back in our senior handicapper and writer from VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers. As we continue here on Three Dog Thursday, a reminder again, whether you found us through RadioInfluence.com or whether you subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, in particular Google Play, if you subscribe to the show, rate us, rank us, Give us some uh, some positive feedback because that will help others find the show uh, through those different services by uh, getting some positivity going in terms of ranking the show. So uh, in any event, we're here on Thursdays all the way through March, all the way through to the final four, making underdog predictions. And uh, Kevin, we, we get into the part now in the final segment of the show here where we kind of project on the weekend. And I will say this, uh, the last... Three weekends, it's been interesting trying to figure out who's an underdog or not. You knew that South Carolina was going to be an underdog last week with Mississippi State. They were. They ended up covering. Three weeks in a row, I have taken a team unranked 
at home playing a top 10 team. I took Texas three weeks ago against Oklahoma to win the game outright. They didn't end up being an underdog. Same thing with Baylor and Texas Tech in the same conference. Baylor unranked. Texas Tech was leading the Big 12, ranked number nine in the country, and Baylor beat them. Baylor wasn't an underdog. Last week, it was Florida and Auburn. Again, I thought, what do we know? We're not odds makers, that Auburn as a top 10 team would probably be a small favorite in Gainesville against Florida. Not the case. I still took the Gators to win the game outright. So I've called three weeks in a row a team at home unranked to beat a top 10 team. So there's three more wins. They don't count as underdogs. But I lay that out because we're still trying to project who our underdogs going to be for this weekend. And I'm going to stay in the SEC, but I'm going to go against the Florida Gators this week. I think Kentucky will be an underdog in this game on the road uh, at Florida, just for the fact that Florida was favored last week um, against Auburn, who was a top-10 team. I believe Kentucky will be the underdog, and I think Kentucky will find a way to win this game, get their revenge from having lost to Florida earlier in the year. Calipari's team got an easy win over Ole Miss on Wednesday night. Florida, an easy win over Alabama, a game they had to have uh, head-to-head. I just like Kentucky here. Do you agree with me? Kentucky should be the underdog, we believe, in this game coming Saturday early in Gainesville. Well, considering Florida was favored against the team that's in first place in the SEC, Auburn, then I would assume that Kentucky will be an underdog as well. I mean, Florida isn't normally an underdog at home. So if they're the favorite against the first place team against wherever Kentucky is, regardless of their name and their history, Florida should be favorite considering they beat them the first time. So yeah, it wouldn't shock me obviously if that's the case. And Kentucky, we've seen them, you know, have a couple nice wins on the road this year. I know you had them against West Virginia in that SEC yep. Big Twelve showdown challenge, whatever it was. So uh so yeah, so obviously Kentucky yeah can pull off the underdog win here. And Kentucky, in this case, got three of those Quadrant 1 wins. They're 16 in the RPI. Florida, again, 44 now in the RPI. They have got nine of those Quadrant 1 wins by virtue of beating Auburn and Alabama since last we talked. So the Gators are safely in. How many from the SEC do they end up with eight teams, maybe, out of the four team that get in? It could be eight. Uh, we'll see. And again, their tournament, as Kevin referenced earlier, will be in St. Louis for the first time. SEC title uh, to be decided in, in essentially Missouri's home away from home uh, setting. That's coming next weekend. So again, I'll take Kentucky in the regular season finale showdown with Florida uh, in the Stephen J. O'Connell Center in Gainesville. I like the Wildcats. You like a Saturday underdog in the Big East. Where and why? Go for it. I think it's pretty safe to say that Georgetown will be an underdog coming up Saturday at Villanova. <laughs> and uh, considering Georgetown lost to Villanova by 30-something points in their first meeting in D.C., Georgetown, the one thing I'll give them is in, with Patrick Ewing in his first season, you know, there's a lot of question marks about them in non-conference play, playing an extremely weak schedule, playing a lot of Mideastern athletic schools, and not really being tested. But they, they've been very competitive for the most part in Big East play this season and you know they've had some tough home losses they lost to marquette earlier in the week in overtime they've lost to butler in overtime at home but they've also pulled off some you know nice victories as well right and you know they've hung they've had a couple of double digit uh underdog covers recently and i look at villanova coming off this overtime win over seton hall and villanova we know probably a one seed 
when it's all said and done, even if they're not the one seed necessarily in the Big East tournament, but they will be a one seed probably in the NCAA tournament. And knowing that they blew out Georgetown the first time, I'm sure Georgetown, considering their time is limited the rest of the season, I think they want to have a good performance. It'll be a double-digit underdog. You know, obviously, I think that the Hoyas here can hang and, maybe they you know, put up a better showing than they did the first time against Villanova. All right, there you go. Uh, the, the Hoyas did beat Butler at Butler a couple of weeks ago. It's a top 40 RPI win. Georgetown, strength of – I didn't realize that there were 351 Division One teams. There are at least that many because Georgetown's non-conference strength of schedule is 351. To make your point for yep. you, that is horrific. So, so obviously they're not an at-large team. They would have to win the Big East tournament. And Villanova, again, uh, blew a lead late against Creighton, lost in overtime in Omaha last Saturday, almost blew, shoulda, coulda, woulda, almost blew the game Wednesday night with Seton Hall. They were up seven in the overtime late, and and actually a couple of times um, Seton Hall had the ball with a chance to shoot a three-pointer and maybe tie the game. Villanova fouled them, actually, with a couple of seconds left to keep them from tying the game down by three. They ended up hitting the free throws. We're down one. Villanova got the ball inbounds. They won by one. It's senior day for Villanova, but Georgetown might hang with them. You might you might be right. And again, Xavier could win the Big East regular season with a win on Saturday uh, or a Villanova loss. So they've got eyes on this game as well. Who's going to be the one seed in New York? So you'll take the Georgetown Hoyas. I've got one final underdog for Three Dog Thursday. And then we'll do more of this next week when we get into the conference tournaments. Again, our criteria is don't take one of the favorites. Don't take the one or the two seed to be in the championship game, much less win the tournament. I'm going to go to the Horizon League. Before we talk again next week on Three Dog Thursday, I will be broadcasting the Horizon League championship, the semifinals and championship game for TuneIn. I will be in Detroit for Motor City Madness at the new Little Caesars Arena downtown. Can't wait, Kevin, to see that place and what's going to unfold and what's going to happen with that Horizon League tournament. I like the Oakland Grizzlies, not the Oakland Raiders uh, from Oakland, California, but the Oakland Grizzlies, the northern suburb of, of Rochester, Michigan, that's about 30 minutes outside of downtown Detroit. Uh, I, I think Oakland's got an outstanding guard in Kendrick Nunn, a guard forward who averages 26 points a game, second in the country in scoring. So Oakland is the four seed. They are playing Uwe Pui. IUPUI, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis in the, uh, in the bracket coming on Sunday. If they win that quarterfinal game, they're playing in the semifinals on Monday night. I like Oakland to get a couple of wins, kind of home away from home, and potentially be in the championship game of this Horizon League. And, and Kevin, this has been a crazy tournament. I mean, a year ago, Milwaukee, Wisconsin-Milwaukee, had a chance to get in with a losing record to win four games in four nights. They couldn't do it. The year before, Green Bay did win four games in four nights as one of the underdogs to win this tournament. So strange things have happened in the Horizon League tournament. I'll take the Oakland Grizzlies to pull a couple of upsets, be in the title game, if not win the Horizon League. There's my third underdog for the week. We can't wait for all the tournaments, the madness, the automatic bids start going out this weekend. We start we start seeing Kevin Big Ten, uh, Missouri Missouri Valley Horizon League, West Coast Conference, Ohio Valley Conference, all over the place. We start seeing automatic bids go out. I can't believe it. Here we go. Yeah, and uh, it's a very exciting time. And you know, again, for those bubble teams, they are hoping that. Uh, I mean, well, obviously in the smaller conferences, uh, you're not going to have any 
at-large team. So it really doesn't matter. But when you get to, you know, some of the bigger conferences, you know, you're rooting for Gonzaga. You know what? And Gonzaga, we know, I think never lost the WCC championship. That it's going to be Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Like, you already know that's going to happen. It feels like it's the same match of every single year. But, uh, you know, you hope that they don't get knocked off somewhere down the line or, you know, obviously when you get into next week, getting to some of the bigger conferences. So that's something to really keep an eye on. And, yeah, we'll see if we get any good stories from these smaller conferences. If you get, you know, a 12 or 13 win team that somehow ends up making a nice run. And you know something? Being around college basketball, that if you're a team that ends up with, you know, if you're a, a 12 or 14 win team and you end up running the table, who cares really what you do in the NCAA tournament? That's kind of your highlight is having those three or four days of, you know, it was like even years ago with Georgia when they had that thing at the Georgia Dome with, the, with that tornado. And they had to move to Georgia Tech. They had to play two games in a day and all that. Like, really, nobody remembers what they did in the NCAA tournament. Do you remember what that tournament was for them and how special it was? So that's kind of the cool stories is when you have those teams that, you know, you're going to have one team that's going to make a run that shouldn't be in the NCAA tournament, but they make a nice run and they get some momentum and that kind of caps off their season. No doubt. And you're talking to a guy that was on the mic for Sirius XM in the tornado game, Kevin. I don't know that you know this about me. I was on the call when the tornado game happened with Mississippi State and Alabama and the craziness of that 24 to 36 hours. And you're right. Georgia will be known forever for winning that tornado SEC tournament. Forget about them losing in the NCAA tournament with a losing record the next week. That's what March is all about. I can't believe that was 10 years ago in the now-demolished Georgia Dome. The only tornado they've had in 125 years in downtown Atlanta happened during March Madness. I don't know what we're going to have for this weekend and next weekend, but uh, let's hope Mother Nature stays out of the way. And one more time, great information, details, and insights on everything with March uh, in college basketball, plus some NBA baseball starting up. It's all happening at VegasInsider.com real quick, right? Yeah, once we get towards Selection Sunday, we'll have plenty of information on the matchups, but also, though, with the, well, now I guess I'll say Big Five conferences, because we'll throw the Big Ten out, because they'll be done. For next week, we're going to have, and we also have for the Big Ten this week, we'll have every day a breakdown of the matchups and predictions on the games for every one of these from the Big East, the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. So that you can look out for coming up next week when we hit the uh those tournaments we're doing that already for the big 10 so you can check that out and obviously you know past college basketball nba still going strong nhl and baseball spring training is underway and the season begins already this month and to quote our friend john rothstein this is march yes this is march and we want to thank rothstein for being with me we thank kevin rogers for being with me again follow him at vi rogers follow this show at three dog thursday uh, again, for the underdogs, Kevin likes on Thursday night. And again, you may be listening to the show after Thursday. You already know what did or didn't happen. He likes Western Kentucky against Middle Tennessee State in Conference USA. That's the top two teams in that conference. Western Kentucky on the road at Murfreesboro, Tennessee in that one. He also likes Oregon State in the Pac-12 showdown with Washington on Thursday night. And then Georgetown on the weekend as a heavy underdog at Villanova to at least cover in the regular season finale in the Big East for those two teams. I'll take Louisville on senior night. <laughs> 
against Virginia. I've gone against Virginia before with Virginia Tech and gotten a win. Let's see if Louisville got one for me on Thursday night if you're listening afterwards. I'll take the other Bluegrass State team. I'll take Kentucky against Florida in an SEC showdown uh, in Gainesville on Saturday. Kentucky will be the underdog there, we believe. And then I'll take the Oakland Grizzlies in the Horizon League to at least be in the championship game, if, if not win the thing, as the four seed at Motor City Madness. There are our six underdog picks. Again, we're 19-4 and four against the number with underdogs so far this year. Let's see if it continues. Kevin, enjoy the mayhem and the madness this weekend. We'll be ready to talk full bore conference tournaments next week. Good luck with your underdogs. Thank you, sir. Thank you, TJ. Thank you very much. There is Kevin Rogers. Our thanks also to John Rothstein for being with me here from CBS Sports and FanRag Sports College Basketball Insider. You enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next week with more of the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs and college hoops. It's March. It's Three Dog Thursday. Here is Kevin Kennedy and Rich Herrera with an Inside the Dugout Quick Fix. So baseball 101, we always talk about speeding up their bats when you throw nothing but fastballs. What's that mean? You're helping a guy if he can't, if he's got a slow bat, let's say, and he's got a long swing, and you throw him something slower, let's say 87 changeup, and the guy's fastball's 97, why would you want to do that if the guy's got a long swing? Because all you're doing is helping him. You've heard guy scouts talk about slider bat speed. When you hear a scout say this guy's got slider bat speed, he's telling you he's got a long swing. He can't hit a good fastball in the mid to upper 90s. So why would you help him with anything else? But if you've got good hitters like we have today and guys with short swings, you take a Josh Donaldson, you take a Justin Turner, Eric Cosmer, just signed by the Padres, somebody like that, you've got to have your whole arsenal make him think about the change up to try to slow him down because if you've got a quick bat and you want to jump on that fastball, you're hoping that your changeup will get him off balance and, and make him get late with the front foot. Inside the Dugout with Kevin Kennedy and Rich Herrera can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.